It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Hi and hello and happy holiday sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. We're ready to roll here in between weeks. NFL 16 and 17 and whether you're ready for it or want it or not. We still have two more weeks of pro football because there is, of course, week 18 for the first time ever in pro football action. Here to break it all down for us, what we just saw and what we're going to see in the upcoming week of pro football, college football, bowl season in full swing. We got our guys, Eddie Spaghetti, behind the glass from Staten Island, his home there. I'm holding it down here in Southern California and up across the northern border in Vancouver, British Columbia, it's our guy Hench. What's the poop, Hench? How are you? Happy holidays, fellow. Oh my God! If only, if only my flight had been a few hours earlier, I wouldn't have had to watch that Patriots game. With the three of us, that's as rough. That is as rough a Sunday hmm. as the three of us have had separately uh, all season. Um, Patriots defense, zero fumbles forced, zero picks, zero punts. And that's a zero. The Patriots defense got a zero. And then you're like, well, but they must have been decimated by COVID. No, no, those are our guys. All, all our guys were out there. That's our first, that's our first team defense. And then uh, I was uh, at the airport while your Steelers were laying their egg in embarrassing fashion. Obviously, the Giants, last I checked on the Giants, Jake Fromm had 25 yards on 17 passes. Um, So I feel like the Giants made a declaration of how they feel about the uh, decision to bring their coach back. I I, that's exactly what occurred to me. That's that ain't exactly great early returns, Eddie Spaghetti, that it is announced before the game. Hey, Giants fans, we're sticking with Judge. We're sticking with Dimes. Get ready for an exciting 2022. I feel like this isn't an indictment from the player level of this announcement, right? Like, really? This guy's back? All right, we'll show you, uh, Mary well, fan. I'll, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back for saying uh, a week or two ago that Jake Fromm, did not, from all accounts, did not seem NFL ready. I mean, Dave, you always talk about, like, if you are in a game with, like, a good O-line, like, you know, back in the day, you say Des Bryant throw a jump ball. That's, like, literally what Jake Fromm was doing. His ratio, like Hench just said, 25 yards and 17 passes, has to be probably the all-time worst in NFL history. And uh, I mean, I'm not as upset with DJ coming back because like they have the option they could decline that. But announcing judges back is really, really bad because what's going to happen is he's going to have a hand in which GM it is. And I have a feeling the GM is already part of the organization, which means that Chris Mara will go ahead as de facto GM and things will not change for next year. So uh, I'll have another full calendar year of not watching the Giants. So Hench is right. Miserable Sunday across the board. How about, well, how about this headline? How about this headline for the New York tabloids? I don't know if they if this might have already happened again. I'm out of the country, but this would be a good headline. Headline, Judge Dread. <laughs> See, do you have a future? If if things fall through for you, um, that's what you if you if uh, things don't work out for well, you. Well, who should your, we what should, which one of our apocalypses should we discuss? This well, let's dig part. into it. Let's dig into it. And of course, moving forward here, as always, we ask that you bet along with us or against us. Fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three, and a reminder. 
No matter if you're up or down, your pro football team, your NBA team, no one's NHL team is playing right now. Not exactly sure when anyone is going to get underway there. That's too bad. I think that would be a cool experience. I'm sure your uh, your two little girls would love a trip to go see the Canucks while you're up there in BC, Hench. I don't know if you can squeeze that in, but it sounds like a moot point with uh, with COVID ravaging um, the NHL. I, I don't want to. This city, this city is unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna if you could see this on our on our feed here, but like. The, the harbor that's the harbor uh beautiful uh, seaplane seaplanes have been landing and taking off here in the harbor the the snow-capped mountains in the distance and so vancouver is a very expensive city because they can charge whatever the fuck they want because they they know they're vancouver and and i don't want to alienate i don't want to alienate all our 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 listeners in memphis but can you imagine if you're if you're the wife of a grizzly and you're like, oh, my God, look at the city. Look at this beautiful city. We, we've made it. My, my husband just signed a long term deal with the with the grizzlies. This is going to be awesome. We'll be skiing. We'll be going out on the water. Oh, yeah, we're we're moving to Memphis. Well, I got to tell you, that's a great tease. First of all, I thought you were talking about an actual grizzly. I thought you were talking about like a bear like. You know, hey, look, we won the uh, we won the bear lottery. We settled up here in Vancouver. We could have we could have been in some middle of nowhere in uh, Saskatchewan. But um, yeah, that's a great point. And it sets up the announcement of the what is it, Spaghetti? The 31st annual Shecky Awards upcoming at the end of this week. No matter what your teams are doing. Good news for you. We're going to hand out all the awards by the end of this week in front of the drop of the ball in Times Square. I don't even know if they're actually doing that um, this year. But one of the awards is the Sonic Award given to the sports town whose fans suffered the most. It's not who had the worst teams necessarily. It's expectation and heartbreak and all those things blended together. And it started in 2009 when the uh, Seattle Supersonics, along with Rookie of the Year Kevin Durant, decided to leave Seattle Oof. and go to Oklahoma City. That's a slap in the face to Seattle, you know, right? That That's that's worse than going from Vancouver to Memphis, I would think. Oof. Well, I think I think Lincoln Riley voted with his feet on whether <laughs> whether you'd want to live yeah. in Oklahoma or the first world. So we'll settle all that hash later in the week, including the Sonic Award. I think two candidates uh, reside on either side of the Keystone State, and uh, there's some other good nominees along the way. Drop us a line if you wish to weigh in on that at minus three pod and uh, let us know who you think is worthy of that. Also, fruit of the year, all that stuff coming up. Meantime, Super Bowl odds. Chiefs are now plus 370 to win it. Packers are plus 450. Bucks still looming there at plus 650. But I wonder if me perpetuating it as much as anybody has – Ah, we know how this is going to end. Brady's going to win it. But man, at some point, it's got to matter, doesn't it? How dented the rest of that roster is now with injuries. It seems like they're pretty ruined. But good news is for for Tom Brady, his favorite, Antonio Brown, doesn't want to talk about drama. He's not about the drama. I don't know that that definitely was Antonio Brown at the podium yesterday. It's unclear if if it was uh, some guy named Carl just flashing an ID claiming to be Antonio Brown. But either way... (laughs) Uh, 10 receptions. We see why um, Brady coveted his return to the lineup. Rams plus 950, Bills plus 950, Cowboys plus 1,000. And I think we're getting pretty close there with that list to the teams capable of actually winning the Super Bowl. Save one. 
the Cincinnati Bengals. I continue to be a believer there. MVP odds, Rodgers is minus 175. Brady and Jonathan Taylor, plus 700, an all-time insane Sunday night game. I don't think I've ever seen a blowout on that level in Sunday night football or Monday night football. I couldn't recall one. The Steelers got embarrassed by the Chiefs. The Bungles, as we forecasted, destroyed the Ravens. And I'm miffed that it had to be Josh Johnson under center because that whipping would have happened if it was Lamar Jackson at full strength one way or the other. Like we told you, Bucks back on track. Bills beat the Patriots. Let's start there, Hench. What do you think? See, this is what we talk about. Just like life, people love to say life is short, but also life is long, and so too is a pro football season. And it feels like fairly – I mean, it wasn't that long ago – but it does feel like a month ago, though, that we were talking about, like, hey, Patriots, look at that. Hey, see, Belichick sticking it to, every, sticking it to everybody. Best team in the AFC. Who's going to get in their way? Um, well, uh, without the wind-aided well, victory, I, I don't. the Bills kind of handed it to Mac Jones and company, right? Well, um, it's funny. A month ago, the Patriots were entering, you know, this Titans-Bills-Colts-Bills gauntlet. And I announced two and two is fine. You just got to go two and two through this hellish four game stretch and we'll be in good shape. Unfortunately, we won the first two. And now and now the season seems suddenly seems like it's on life support because we lost the last two. Whereas if you'd lost the first two and won these two, you'd be like, watch out for the Patriots. Um, Mm. The problem, though, as I see it, you know, look, I've been saying all year, how did Mac Jones fall to 15 You've been trying to keep me from hyperventilating, saying, well, you know, there are some things that the scouts see that are true. And and watching the the, the awful picks against the Colts and the, the 14 for 32 performance against the Bills, a lot of floaters, a lot of floaters, not, you know, not. I mean, sometimes you'll see these guys like Herbert where you're like, hey, buddy, take a little off that. That guy's eight yards from you. Cool it off a little bit. With Mac Jones more and more, I'm like, hey, hey buddy, that ball's got to get there. What's with all the air under it? So so obviously that's something that the scouts can see. And uh, I, I'm starting to see more and more of it and, and wobbling a little bit in terms of my uh, my faith that he's on. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zach Wilson has a, has a bigger arm. I don't know that he would have been a better choice for the Jets at number two there, but by the way, everybody is going to be doing this in a month or three months or whatever when um, the conversations run a little bit leaner around pro football. But the redraft thing people love to do is like, let's look at this and reassess things. I wonder if the Jags, I think they still would take Trevor Lawrence, even given everything that they know. I don't think that you pass on this guy who was supposed to be a generational talent um, by all accounts. And I think there is something to be said if you're a GM for the you can get away with blowing a pick if the if the universe says you have to make this pick. You can't you you can't throw a curveball to the world and pick somebody other than Trevor Lawrence when everybody is in on that for job security reasons. You have to go chalk there. But Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance are the top three picks. I feel like this is setting up to be a really weird one historically. I mean, not to say none of those three guys uh, is going to turn things around and, and be a star, but, you know, early returns. I mean, Trey Lance, we've barely seen him. He was the it, third it, it overall was, pick. Uh, we were we were texting with, uh, with Sal. As Garoppolo was hitting the Titans in the chest 
four times. Like, it's like there are two kinds of Garoppolo throws. There's the ones that hit the defense in the chest and they drop it. And the ones that hit the defense in the chest and they catch it. Like, and you're watching it and you're, and, and it's clear that the only limitation on this Kittle Debo killing machine is the quarterback. You drafted a quarterback number three overall. He can't get on the field. Like what, right. what are you seeing in practice that makes you think there's no package of plays that improves your chances? I mean, I'm watching the Niners who I have at plus 1700 to win the NFC. And it's like a, a play where Trey Lance, you know, play action rolls right with Kittle underneath and Debo behind him. Like, it's like, how does this not get eight to 17 yards every time? Like, it's like, you've got such great weapons and Trey Lance can't get on the field. Um, the redraft that I think happens is you trade out of any of those spots down to where you can safely get Micah Parsons. <laughs> right. You, you know, you want to talk about the generational talent. Uh, you know, the everyone goes, you can't compare anyone to LT except that he's disrupting the game exactly the same as LT did. Like it, the guy is everywhere. He seems like the, he seems like he'll be remembered as the generational talent from this draft. Yeah, drop us a line uh, minus threeers and and uh, refresh my memory because clearly I'm forgetting some names here. I know Jamarcus Russell was first overall, and then better players emerged. But I, we're talking about three picks, and right now I don't know that anybody would want Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance more than they would want Jamar Chase or Paday Sewell or as good as Patrick Sertain has been, and make Micah Parsons like you say. Are there that many? One, two, three big names. I mean, like Jordan, you know, Akeem goes. And then people talk Sam Bowie and then Jordan. And it's weird in, in, in when you look back, any if you're Eddie Spaghetti's age, you could say you could probably even think like, I know Akeem was great, but they passed on Michael Jordan, the all-time great. I mean, three teams at least, like you say. I mean, Michael Parsons goes 12 and he might be the best. But then Rashawn Slater is in there at 13. It's going to be fun anyway to, to look back at uh, at some of these. But to your point about Mac Jones, I see a lot. And Jimmy G, I really do see a lot of their limitations being the same. Although Jimmy G probably has a bigger arm, which is, uh, you know, I uh, than, than Mac Jones. And that's a little troubling. I don't think having the, the cannon for an arm is everything in the NFL. It can get a little overstated at times. But yeah, those limitations for Mac Jones are are starting to loom large. On the other side of things, Josh Allen with one of his great performances in his career. Um, so you where know, do you see funny, this, Hedge? It's funny you you uh, you mentioned Josh Allen because because uh, Sal and Simmons and I were texting this morning about what's the what's the stupidest final score of this NFL season. And I was nominating like lions, 30 Cardinals, 12, like what, where did that final come right. from? And then, and then obviously Texans 41 and your beloved chargers, 29 belongs in the finals of stupid scores from this season. That's it. And then Sal reminded me Jags nine bills, six. I didn't, I didn't watch that game because you can only choose seven games at a time to have on the screen, on the big, big screen. So it's like, well, obviously we're not going to watch this Bills blow out of the Jags. And then it's like, what's the score of that game? So watching Josh Allen 
completely unstoppable. I'm like, what? How did the worst team in the NFL contain this guy? I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened in that game, but there was just no way for the Patriots defense to get off the field. I mean, there was one way for the Patriots defense to get off the field, which is uh, watch the other team kick the extra point. That Man, was how I, I don't like these. I don't like these coin flip results. These inexplicable I, people. I, I don't. People find it charming or captivating, or I Kamish Goodell loves it because everybody. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but when it's, when it's just as random as, as this, I mean, the Houston Texans whipped the chargers. I know they had a minute there, the chargers of maybe they score a touchdown late and then the Texans go right down the field and, and put the game out of reach 41 to 29. What sense does this make the chargers? A lot of Chiefs fans heat me up for saying for the last eight months right now about saying the chargers are going to win that division. Um, but as a reminder, the Chargers did beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and they went to overtime with the Chiefs in a game that they should have won, which means that they were, and by the way, that was a Thursday, so the Chargers were nice and fresh going into this game against the Texans. So inexplicable results, and we're 15 weeks through, and I find it vaguely unsatisfying how unpredictable it is, except for the fact that if you go up to 30,000 feet, as the Cardinals kind of slip away a little bit, and there you have the Bengals at the top of the AFC North, a couple of anomalies there, but it's kind of what we thought was going to be. The Packers are great. The Cowboys are dominating their bum division. Uh, the Bills now look like they have the edge on the Patriots. The Chiefs are the class of the AFC. So I guess what the collective wisdom saw in August is, is playing out, right? So the Patriots, where do you see them as we... You know, following this game, as we forecasted, the Bills did uh, steal this one. That was a tough call to make, but without the wins, they did look awfully mortal. So how say you on hopes and dreams for your Patriots going forward here, Hench? I mean, well, what, what's I mean, I a think, satisfying uh, result? They're going to the playoffs almost. You that know, is part, of, part of why I, uh, I was like, we only need to go two and two in these four tough games is that they have the Jags and then at Miami. So that at Miami game, got a lot tougher over the last six weeks, but, um, we, you know, could get swept by the dolphins this year, but uh, assuming the Patriots can eke out a money line victory with a 15 and a half point spread against the Jags, that'll be 10 wins that over nine and a half will cash and they'll make the playoffs. That's the ceiling for this team. That is, that's fine. That's, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't expect them to go on a deep run in the playoffs, they're they're pretty limited, um, but I, you know I know the whole drive of I or as if you've explained it to me because I don't really understand it, but it's like people need to hear our picks and then gamble with us or against us, but just say like we are we are paying attention to what these guys say, and then when we go on these incredible runs where we're just winning money ourselves and giving away free money. Um, I don't know who now. I don't know if I've mentioned all of these on the pod. I assume I have. My over under season win totals are all cashing. All <laughs> every single one of them is cashing. Okay, Patriots. Oh, oh, well, wait. Before we get to Patriots, because that hasn't cashed yet. Let's talk about the ones that have already cashed. This money would be in your bank account if you not only listen to the podcast but do as you're told. Ravens under 10 and a half. Cha-ching. 
Eight. I got. Three. Not only did eight I do that, three. then I, then then the Ravens went up to eleven and a half, and then I really laughed. And well, uh, well, and, and now you're laughing along 10 with and me. a half. That 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 apocalyptic day of practice when all their guys got hurt, and that's gonna that's cashed already. Jets under. Wait, wait, wait! Before you move on, Lamar Jackson's season totals also all going under. All going as under. we told you, under. especially in the wow. age of COVID, that was the biggest gimme ever. Bet every player under their season win totals every, because injuries are a thing. Running back, right. cash, 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 uh, which we also advised. Uh, Jets under six and a half cashed hmm. uh, early. Um, the Titans over nine and a half cashed. It, it money in the bank. Um, now the now outstanding. I've got one more that's already cashed. It'll come to me. Okay, outstanding. Patriots over nine and a half, looking very good. Broncos under eight and a half, suddenly looking very good. If your Chargers can recover, that will cash this weekend. Um, the one that that's gonna be dicey and is gonna come down to the final week. Or, or, or I would run the table. Falcons over seven and a half. Hmm. Gonna have to beat the Saints after getting blown out by Buffalo this coming week. If they, but Saints Falcons final game of the season, and and I will have run the table on all my season win totals. Free money, people. It's free money. Told you the Seahawks were going under. They have told you they were missing the playoffs. They have. Um, I think the Bengals, I did advise taking them under nine and a half. They're tracking in the right direction there, but they still have some work to do. And that AFC North, because of the mediocrity, I think the Bengals are the class of it because they have the best uh, quarterback in that division. So we'll see how that one shakes out there. Well, let's um, well, let's talk about them. That's the marquee game this weekend, right? Uh Bengals hosting the Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were suggesting for a second there. I thought you were going to go into the Browns and Steelers, the survival game. It's a game of import in the Rust Belt, of course, an iconic figure well, in that okay. in that Ohio-Pennsylvania border war uh, is about to step to aside. Bottom, top okay. to bottom. Let's go Chiefs. Uh, Let's get um, into it here. Bengals. All right. That's fine. I, I, you know, obviously it's a show me game for the Bengals. And getting on my, according to my phone, four and a half, getting four and a half at yep. home. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking the Chiefs and the, I mean, the, the Bengals and the points at home against, uh, you know, a, an, an obviously sound Chiefs team. But, um, what, 525 yards passing? What 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 were his fantasy totals? Good God. It's a, That's a great question. I didn't look that up. But um, And what could Dak Prescott's have been if they decided, let's just put it on him. Let's just shame this Washington team for not having a name um, as thoroughly as we can. I wonder, like, at 42 in the locker room, what was the conversation? Like, hey, Coach, how many series am I actually getting? I mean, I, I would be – but – the Cowboys are a team that feels like they're, they, I'm sure within their locker room, that feels like we're ripe. We're, we can make a deep playoff run. The Bengals are just starting to feel it. And so I commend them. I, I know Ravens fans are upset right now for the Bengals just pounding them. And I, I would be very nervous if I were a Cincy fan on Sunday watching that game. I'd be like, 
Will you take the franchise quarterback out of the game with this one completely out of reach for the Ravens? But they had a higher purpose. They wanted to hang it on Baltimore because they have a chip on their shoulder. And there are certain sports towns, unlike the fraudulent Baker Mayfield and the Browns that everybody was circling this year, I think in the same way. The Bengals need a guy at the helm who's got some swagger and chip on his shoulder to stick it to the league. This sets up, I'm with you completely. I got the Bengals at home in this one. They've already had a number of what would be coming out parties for a pro football team. I think this one cinches it. I think this is the one that heralds their arrival as a factor come playoff time. Because I think that there, I was texting back and forth with Chiefs uh, lover Jeff Schwartz before, during, and after the Chiefs and Steelers debacle. And I said, you watch. I mean, hear me now, believe me later. The Bengals are a flawed team, but they can shoot it out with the Chiefs. And that's scary for any team in January that, like, yeah, they might give up an easy touchdown, but I like what Joe Burrow, I like his way. I like his swagger. I like the pieces that they have more practically around him. I think they can I think they can keep up with any of the teams in the in the AFC. And I think we'll see that this week. I think they're it is interesting. Right, Bills. I mean, who what team if you saw Bang, I think we I think what I will say, hear me now, believe me later, is it's a little specific about the the Bengals. But I predict that the Bengals are one half of a classic shootout in the playoffs at some point against the Bills, the Chargers, maybe the Chiefs, one of these high-octane teams, and there's just going to be a classic game that's like 43 to 41 or something crazy like that because the Bengals can shoot it out with anybody. It it doesn't feel like they back down if they get into one of those shootouts. It's so nuts if you think about Joe Burrow riding the cart off the field that that you would be at that moment if somebody had said as he's going to into surgery if somebody had said a, a year from now you'd much rather have Joe Burrow than Lamar Jackson what like he's going into surgery yeah a year from now he's just going to be shredding defenses for 500 yards with the with the best receiving group I mean those guys I got T Higgins yesterday in my fantasy semi as a lot of people did and and the, the, Joe Burrow and those receivers, I agree, uh, take the points at home, take the over. That that team can move the ball, can also run the ball uh, much more effectively than the Chiefs. So uh, let now – okay, so we agree on the Bengals. They're in, that, they're in the sweet spot, by the way. This isn't just a short-term blip for the Bengals, I don't think, because they are in the sweet spot that we always talk about. They have the actual genuine article of a franchise QB, a difference maker at QB – on his rookie deal and he's only in the second year of that deal so the window is open for this team for for not just this season but in good health with burrow the window is open for them for the next three four years at minimum so okay so we're on the Bengals here so Bengals. now let's talk about because it was the only game on right so we all watched uh browns packers i mean literally a hundred percent of viewers having the same reaction they cannot stop number 24. He's gashing them on every carry. So let's have him carry 17 times and then this fucking terrible quarterback throw it 36 times. Like what? We're all watching the same game. And by the way, this idea that where you're like, um, okay, clock's ticking. We got to go fast. The reason going fast uh, it, it, means you're going to pass the ball is because you gain more yards per pass than per run. It's not 
faster to pass the ball if you don't gain as many yards per pass attempt. Chubb's gashing them. They get to midfield. They have plenty of time, timeouts. They don't have to throw another pass. They're gonna, they're just gonna grind the ball into field, into chip shot range, and, and we'll run the clock down to eight seconds. What like and win the game. And Stefanski can't help himself like an addict. He can't put the pipe down. Like he can't not call a pass. It's like you're gonna win the game. They they cannot stop this guy. They by the way, they can't stop any of your guys. They can't stop the run. And 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 you can stop the run. You know how you stop the run, Stefanski? You call a pass with this scatter shot. I mean, you've been down on Baker early, but now everyone has to see the the well the, in the, the midst of Fine, right. Listen, that's fine. He's uh, fine. He's a passenger. Just don't make mistakes, Bake, and this team can go deep. But when he already, ha- when you have Stefanski, when you have the evidence of three picks and you have three timeouts and you have an unstoppable number 24 running the ball, I, it, it was really crazy. And I think people in Cleveland are, are, are unclear on even how to react to that. I think that, you know, the haves, I will say, by the way, as a side note for the team that they're going to be playing in Heinz Field this weekend, detecting some some ugly, spoiled behavior out of the fan base and even the media and even some former players there. But I think Browns fans, once again, feel like they had the rug pulled out from under them, but they do believe that Stefanski is the real deal, and so they don't want to call into the question, but some really bad play calling of late from him. And especially, I mean, you had 50, you had like under a minute, but more than 50 seconds left, and all three timeouts, and you're on, you're essentially at midfield. You don't see the value in riding, giving the ball to Chubb even what They didn't even give the ball to him one time there. Uh, it was crazy. But by the way, if let me give Chubb, you good news. Let me give you good news. Okay. If you're a Browns fan. You still, you absolutely can win this division. The thing I think that holds you back is, I don't know what where the Steelers are. If the Browns beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh this week, Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger's last game, the last game for Roethlisberger ever, is in Charm City. And where the Ravens are going to be at that point, but you will need the Steelers to beat the Ravens. But if you beat the Bengals, if you, I'm sorry, Browns, if you beat the Steelers, then you control your destiny largely if you can beat those Bengals as long as the Chiefs beat the Bengals this week, which they're favored to do. So as sad as things feel right now, once again, we've had, uh, we got lucid by the football gods. Not yet. You still have a real shot because the division ain't great. So I don't think the Browns are done yet in spite of all the negative things we're saying. Well, let me ask you this, because the, the other thing that kept happening on on, su- on Saturday was Chubb would, would break off a chunk and then he'd go put the raincoat on. Like, you, hey, buddy, you carried 17 times. We're going to need a little more fucking workhorse. You're the bell cow. We're going to need a little less of the raincoat. So Chubb kept just leaving the field. If I was Stefanski in that moment you mentioned with 55 seconds and three timeouts, when Chubb goes to put the coat on, I call timeout there and say, um, get your breath. I, this is all for you, Nick. This timeout is entirely for you to collect yourself because you're going back in and you're getting the ball. Um, you know, it was it was weird. 
a lot of times you see guys pop up from the big chunk and be like, I want that thing right away again. And and Chubb kept just wandering off the field. So I, I, I'm not giving I'm not cutting Stefanski any slack because he had all his timeouts. And the last thing you want to do is is watch Baker spray the ball around the field. But uh, but I, I think you need a little more. Let's let's get up to 30 carries before we go to the oxygen. OK, let's I mean, you're a professional athlete. Come on. Come on, buddy. And um, by the way, by the way, too, the Browns on a short week go into Lambeau. And kind of sort, I mean, uh, I don't know, should have, but certainly could have won that game against the Packers. And the Packers are the team everybody's holding up as the best team in the NFC. This is really a crazy year. It really Packers, is. I know it's I unpredictable, the, but it's it's the, really the Packers, weird. The Packers fell into a little bit of um, what the Chiefs fell into early in the season. They they look bored. They got bored. And you really can't get bored against a, 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 a team with, with scholarship players. Um that that no, the Browns can't stop anything, right? I mean, the Packers are just moving up and down the field, and then it's like, um, you know what? It'd be fun. Let's run a reverse and lose nine yards on first down. What? This is a play you run when nothing's working. This is not a play you run when everything's working. You just keep pitching and catching until they stop you. Uh, so that second and nineteen, as somebody who had uh, Aaron Rodgers going for him. In fantasy, I was I was very depressed by that second half performance by the Packers, but not as depressed as Browns fans must have been when Stefanski decided to lose the game for his team. Well, you know how I always celebrate the Army Navy game, and people seem to misconstrue what I'm saying. I don't think it's the best football. I think it has the most value to its participants. I think you really can just win that game, and you feel like your season is made, even if you go over the rest of the season. It's not that severe for Browns fans, but if your calendar year 2021 basically starts by going into Heinz Field and whipping the Steelers in a playoff game, and then your calendar year ends by doing the same as Roethlisberger walks off into the sunset, I think you'll feel pretty satisfied no matter how things shake out the rest of the way. Maybe a little bit of disappointment, but there is still some good stuff awaiting you. And same goes for the Steelers. If they can put the stink on the Browns and then the Brown, the Baltimore Browns, uh, essentially, we don't talk nearly enough about the fact that that's not actually the Cleveland Browns. They just left the name behind for all the evil of Art Modell. The one thing he did was he's like, all right, I'll leave the name Browns behind there. If they didn't do that, what would 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 Browns fans even puff their chest out? Would they have a chip on their shoulder? Wouldn't they be more like Houston Texans fans? Like, well, this is a new franchise. They might look at things very differently than than how they do. I don't think we talk about the fact that the Browns actually are playing in Baltimore and won a Super Bowl immediately after they, they got the Charm City with Ray Lewis and Jonathan Ogden. But either way, um, that's what awaits um the Steelers and Browns, but let's do the other Baltimore team. Now the Colts who are now in Indianapolis playing know, the Raiders. It's nothing depressing that like Oakland, you know, talking about, LA, talking Oakland, about the Supersonics, Vegas. talking about the Supersonics, talking about the Browns, talking about the Colts that, that as much as we care about all this, it's all run by a bunch of fucking evil billionaires looking either for a tax break or for the, the citizens to pay for their stadium. Like just the worst human beings in the world. I was going through the levels of evil and I was like, uh, there's basic billionaire evil and that's craft. Like he's just basic billionaire evil. Then there's Southern billionaire evil and that's Jarrah and, and Jerry Richardson. 
And then there's just like Dr. Evil, billionaire evil. And that's that's Dan Snyder. I mean, clearly what happened last night was the Cowboys could have scored 80 and Roger Goodell called up and said, hey, I got to protect my best friend, Dan Snyder. I got to I got to I got to save Dan Snyder yet again. Can't have Beth Wilkinson saying what actually goes on under Dr. Evil's reign. Uh, By the way, every Washington football team fan desperately wanting Dr. Evil to be deposed like Roger Goodell. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he hates the Washington football team. And that's why he's protecting Dan Snyder, because if you could depose Dan Snyder, you could maybe salvage what was a once proud franchise. It's so sad. It's so sad that that Washington football fans had their chance to get rid of this fucking monster. Great, great tweet today. Uh, A guy saying this is when I this is when I uh, I, I realized um, I couldn't be a Washington football team fan anymore. His kid was at a play date at Dan Snyder's house and he went to pick his kid up. Do you see this? Yes. And he and and he uh, he said, hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for hosting, Dan. And, and this little this little fucking asshole goes, it's Mr. Snyder. Oh, that guy's that guy's got a huge <laughs> penis, huge penis on that guy. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Love, love the dad's- um, where his penis is supposed to be. No way. We need some of these. And that, that, the, 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 the irony of that guy being concerned about names when he hasn't named his pro football team for two years now. Something else that we don't talk <laughs> nearly crazy. enough about. But it, it's the most DC thing possible if you think about it. It's the same logic that's applied to whoever controls Congress at any given time. Like, well, legal, you know, bringing uh, criminal charges against the other side when we're in power will result in us being um, in the crosshairs down the line. That's exactly the leverage that Snyder has over the rest of the ownership. Like, all right, if we support, we don't like the guy. We don't like Snyder. But yeah. if we let the league kick this guy out, then what? Then then, then well, what? You know, it could be he us He obviously next. has the 650,000 emails. He has them. It, it, it's it's the microphone uh, the uh, i don't know what happened to those tapes and there there was no room in the closet to keep them at the at league facilities and we and uh, yeah the, that microphone to. that microphone on the field at cleveland it just didn't work i don't know it didn't get the anything and everybody just for uh for washington football fans is if putin gets the emails then then there's a there's a chance uh that that franchise could get out from under this horrible reign of terror okay Leverage over us, leverage over us, though, as fans is it's the same thing with complaining about officiating too much or complaining about Snyder too much or all this and that is the leverage is we love the sport. And so, no, we're all sort of that guy who's like, I don't these kids who don't play in bowl games, they don't love football. And I hope my team doesn't draft them, except if they're available, you hope desperately that they're that 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 your team drafts them. It's it's the the same thing there. Like, no, it's, we, it's we don't want any. Okay, yeah, we're, we don't love some of the stuff, but like, don't make any changes to it because we really enjoy it. We really need it on Sundays and Monday nights and on Thursdays now, as it turns out. And we love the draft and we love everything about it. Just don't change it too much. Well, it's the it's the same thing that's going to happen when uh, the Dodgers and Yankees end up as the as the big uh, pursuers of Carlos Correa. Uh, yeah, all is forgiven. <laughs> Never mind. That's right. All is forgiven. 
That's exactly right. Of course. As as I say, it's the Spider-Man pointing at 31 other Spider-Mans. When people start talking about like that franchise should be embarrassed that they have blank on their roster or on their team, Antonio Brown or Dan Snyder or anybody else. Like everybody has some skunk involved in their franchise. If you're a pro sports team. All right. Raiders. Colts, a renewal of uh, goes to the post, but they're in two very different places. Bengals plus plus four and a half and this Colts minus seven. These are my best bets. The the Colts uh, presumably will be getting some of their varsity offensive line back. I mean, I'm assuming they'll be getting players back. That performance in the desert, that team is officially scary. That team is scary. And, uh, and, and the Raiders, bless their hearts, an incredible performance under very difficult circumstances all season. Um, but they are they are moving way up in class. And I think that this uh, this Colts Raiders game gets out of hand. Colts are a classic. I'm good for the Raiders. Good for Derek Carr. As we say all the time, we support uh, what the Carr family is doing there under adverse circumstances. Happy for Mama Carr's boy, uh, David. I mean, Derek putting up a big season under the worst of circumstances, but it ends here. I'm with you completely. Indianapolis minus the seven. And the question, the Colts kind of personify what I've been saying now for the last six weeks about the AFC is whoever gets that number one seed has such a decisive edge. The Colts are scary and a handful, but are they going to win with Carson Wentz three games to get to the Super Bowl, it feels unlikely, but they are uh, too much, I think, for the Raiders to handle, who have done a, a good job of surviving a couple of games there. But uh, I, I'm well, you know, there. it's funny. It's funny because the you know the the quarterback limitation. Although, God, that throw he made to the yeah. back of the end zone was nuts. Um, so everyone goes, well, you know, well the Niners, you know, Garoppolo is the problem, and the Colts, when's the limitation? Um, you know, so I've been saying if I was the Packers, the team I would least want coming out of the first round to host in the after uh, their bye week would be the Niners. That that team, I, I think, would would really present problems for the pack. And then everyone, you know, goes Garoppolo, Garoppolo, Garoppolo. Yeah. Yeah. Like Garoppolo was the quarterback when they destroyed Green Bay in the NFC championship game uh, with with Tevin Coleman and company just gashing them. For huge runs. So um, I, I still I mean, I, I, watching the Browns run all over the Packers did did not fill me with confidence that that the Packers will just win their two home games uh, and and ha- enjoy a rematch of Super Boy, Bowl. Let's, I'm rooting for I say this uh, uh, in, in a lot of years, and this is definitely true. I hope the NFC wildcard round goes chalk because then it sets up juggernaut on juggernaut. Uh violence in the in the divisional round going forward let's just not let any i let that the vikings or whatever bum team sneaks in there at the back end or eagles all due respect to your fan bases i'm sure it's fun but don't win the game <laughs> let 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 the <laughs> success be, cool. be, be getting cool. there be cool don't and win, lay down so we cool. have good games we don't need don't you in the playoffs just be cool just exactly exactly speaking of which the cards are going to get there the cowboys are going to get there the cowboys now Minus four and a half. Total on this one is 49. Hench, how say you? Um, you know, I get burned. I just get burned by the Cowboys. I'm always I go the I go the wrong way on them. But uh, you know, going back to the beginning of the season and that that loss that to the Bucks that McCarthy kind of engineered, um, where they kind of announced themselves. Uh, and and that's when Tony Romo texting our boss 
to say this is a top three offense. Like you're 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 going to look stupid if you if you say give twelve points. I think they were twelve point underdogs in that game to the Bucks. Now they look like that team that Romo was was talking about. So I've been suckered in. I'm back on the Cowboys. Obviously, when the defense is making big plays, where's the flaw? Where's what's what's wrong with that team? Nothing. Nope, exactly. And, you know, catching a break right now as they're starting to get closer to being healthy and uh, always a major factor that people kind of uh, choose to ignore. But, uh, you know, as it happens, is New Hopkins the best receiver in the NFL? Is he top three? He is. And so... As it as it happens, it matters when he goes out of the lineup that that does um, lower the ceiling on what that offense can do. But it is nevertheless disappointing what the cards are doing here. I think, you know, what's funny real quick. I know nobody cares. uh, Well, they care because it's about football. But, you know, in the league that I'm not allowed to mention and you seem like you're safe because neither of the guys who can win blood are going to throw you out. They neither right. You you've never thrown ham or or the STDs out of the league, correct? Well, I yeah, I'm, I, I I you know I don't uh, count my chickens. You know, my head uh, will be on the <laughs> okay. chopping block like anybody else's. It'll be nice to see you back at the draft though. Come yeah, it'll be uh, late fun, August. But, uh, so in the keeper league, um, it, there was a funny trade where the win now guy traded a, an ex, traded an expensive Kyler Murray for a cheap keeper, Joe Burrow. And obviously would have been much better off having Joe Burrow as his quarterback. As as Kyler has this crazy regression, I saw a crazy stat. I wish I could just rattle it off the top of my head. But Cliff Kingsbury, incredible record straight up and against the spread in first half of the season and spectacularly bad in the second half of seasons. And I started thinking about that, and I do wonder if well-coached teams get better as the calendar turns toward December because they've been getting good coaching. The more the more exposure you have to good coaches, the better your team is. So, I mean, that, that Belichick arc, right? <laughs> two and two in September, three and one in October – Eight no in November and December, like year after year. That's what you want. What you don't want is the Kingsbury thing, where you come flying out of the gate. You're 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 ten and two, and you're oh my god, the Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl, and it's like now they're losing to the Lions and to the Colts second string. I mean, you know, when they were when they were like, this is the uh, third string left guard. He's got a back injury. You know, it, they were they were very close to having like number 85 playing tackle like it was it was nuts and and then Kingsbury couldn't figure out a way to win that game at home so maybe a fraud I yes I agree with you about that and I think that most of the stuff that is that happens after the game in the week with in the locker room talking to the media and everything else is completely irrelevant but I do think this is one of those things that a lot of the players are being asked about like Another slide, Kyler. Another oh boy, same as last year. Like, nope, this is a different team. At some point, the rhetoric about like this is a different team, and we're about to show you. I I, I suspect that you uh, you you say those things with a little less confidence with each passing week. And by mid second quarter, if the Cowboys are up two scores on you, I, I I would imagine it's an emotional gut punch to the Cardinals. If they're like that, at some point, you're kind of like. 
boy, it's ha- it really is happening again to us, isn't it? And the more those questions from the media and otherwise insinuate themselves into your brain as a player, you're like, boy, we really are. Maybe maybe our head coach ain't it. Maybe he is a fraud. I think that stuff does permeate. And and um, meantime, the Cowboys are starting to feel it. So four yeah. and a half feels a little low to me. Especially, Ram- especially if you're getting trucked by a team where everyone knows their coach is a fraud. Then you're going to be like, well, what's our coach like if McCarthy's crushing him? Yeah, yeah right. it could be bad. Um, by, by the way, I was for the for the previous two weeks, I was cutting Kyler slack because I was like, he must be hurt. He must be hurt. Then he takes off like a missile for his career long run. And I'm like, oh, he is not hurt. He's pulling away from DBs. He's not hurt at all. Cutting Kyler slack sounds like a movie that that kind of flopped. People were excited about it, but it didn't turn out that good. <laughs> By the way, I know Eddie Spaghetti cares about this, and we're trying to get you out of here, Hench, uh, to resume your vacationing while yeah. instead of kibitzing about uh, uh, about football. But very quickly, I know you don't care about the superhero stuff. I'm taking uh, Jean-Claude Van Damascheck and Oprah to see Spider-Man later this afternoon, which now all of a sudden feels like an hors d'oeuvre to the Batman because Batman was always my favorite growing up. But I hate to be cynical about Batman movies, but is there anything new outside of the way they costume the bad guys? The, 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 like, let's make Riddler look grittier. Outside of that and the car, the way the car looks, it seems like it's the exact same script. It seems like the exact sa- the exact same thing. Am I missing something, Eddie Spaghetti? Just uh, seems like the same beats are covered over and over again. Oh, that that Riddler, that Joker got under Batman's skin and he can barely hold it together. Like, boom, punching glass. Oh, I'm mad. I'm Batman because I'm kind of like you, bad guy. I I also am vigilante, just like you. It's the same th- same thing, right? Uh, well, it's a fair question, but I think the major difference with this one with uh, Bob Pattinson is that he's supposed to be like uh, a, a younger, angrier, more detective kind of based Batman, whereas like the Christian Bale one. So I'm not going to even count the Ben Affleck uh, versions. The Christian Bale ones, he was kind of uh, older and wanted to get out of the game and, and is more focused on him being like Bruce Wayne. So I think this one's like a grittier Batman. Um, and, and, and by all accounts, it's supposed to be pretty good because more. Marvel was spooked by it and actually pushed back their Doctor Strange movie from March, the, the release month of Batman to May. So uh, I think the early, early rumors that it's going to be a pretty good movie. It seems, just seems like the same beats, like Catwoman and Batman up on. A, I mean, literally, visually well, the same what thing. Do you want? It's the hero's journey. It's it's Joseph Campbell. It's 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 Aristotle's. Play. I get it. But then make it look different. It's a, like, it's a lot of like it's a lot of like Catwoman. You're going to see Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, you know, your theater is equipped with this new sense around where you get to also fight the villain Omicron. Omicron will be (laughs) permeating the theater as you have you guys. We're all going to wear Batman masks to the theater. You remember Costner uh, at the beginning of Dances with Wolves? He's like, fuck this. This just blows. And then he rides back and forth in front of volleys of gunfire with his arms out, you know, Christ style. Oh, yeah. We got a couple of good photoshops from uh, from minus three listeners. Shout out to to you fellas. Oh, yeah, that, that I am. I'm fully like yes. On the flight up, this guy was just sneezing comically like he it was like he was trying to infect everyone in the cabin. And I I had my reflexive like, oh, shit, I don't want to. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. 
I'm just, I'm just riding. I'm riding in front of the gunfire, whatever, bring it on. And by the way, when I get it up here, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just not, I'm going to pretend I don't have it. And I'm going to be like, Hey girls, let's go. Let's go sledding. Only 102 fever. I'm I'm just, you just have to plow through at this point because it's coming. It's just coming for all of us. You know, what do you do? Vax, vax and boost, vax and boost. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, win in advance, vax and move on. So you're more, in other words, you're more, um, NBA than NHL in philosophy right now. NBA is like, we're plowing through NHL is like, stop everything. <laughs> By this the is way, the tr- yes. watching an NBA game right now, it is like, you know, the, the Hollywood Y used to have some pretty high level games, you know, like, and obviously, you know, my pedigree and you know, games I can compete in and games I can't compete in. But every once in a while, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, uh, there is nobody for me to guard. There, I can't guard any of these guys. Uh, but watching like Jazz Mavericks the other night, I was like, this is what this game. I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. I don't know what college that guy went to. I didn't think that guy was in the league. Oh, my God. And it's like it felt it has that YMCA feel of like a very high level YMCA game with occasionally a guy you've heard of touching the ball. But, yeah, the NBA is just like moving on, plowing through. I saw Joe Johnson with a basket for the Celtics. So he's now scored for the Celtics in seasons 20 years apart. Sheesh. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. Sorry, got to work in a real quick break. I mean, it's a mess, We're, but I, I still question how, I, which brings us to Rams and Ravens, two teams that have really um, had more than their share of the 19 plague in the locker room. So I feel it's it's uninspired as we sit here on Monday trying to pick this game. Rams, for what it's worth, are given three and a half, but who knows what at this point. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Ravens, but take your best shot at that one, Hedge. Ugh. I mean, I, wait, I, wait, wait, what are we picking here? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Josh no, Johnson no, or Lamar Jackson is a difference. I hope, we, I hope we're clear about the ones we we feel really good about: Bengals, yes. Colts, Bengals, and Colts. And then the, these are these are more coin flips. I, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, I mean, I was certainly wrong when I lost on the Vikings yesterday. Um, but I, I just think I, I've said all year that Robert Woods' injury is a killer. And I just don't think the Rams are that good. And, I, and you know, and, and Stafford making a late run at the NFL interception title. He's only one back of a slew of guys, Heineke and Trevor Lawrence and Herbert included. Um, but uh, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll take the Ravens to right the ship, um, assuming one of the non-John Johnsons plays quarterback. By the way, I, it, it is – this is, I think, to date, this is the biggest game. COVID implications and all that. I mean, I guess we could have done this in week 13, 14 as well. But uh, this one feels monstrous because the Ravens are at home. And if they, you know, for as much as as much cynicism as I've thrown at the Ravens all season long and how fraudulent the roster is and covered up by the greatness of Lamar Jackson when he's right, you know, it would feel like, yeah, the Ravens have a shot against this team. The Rams, like any other team, are a flawed team, and they got to travel across the country, and they were just on the road this past weekend and all that, and things would point towards the Ravens. Um, 
and they can make the playoffs if if they win this one. But if COVID takes them down and Lamar Jackson's ankle ain't right, the Rams should win this one. I just feel like this one's. I, what are we talking about here? We have no idea. We, we you we're not even. It up. I don't know. We're you talking about three up. different quarterbacks. I don't know. I, I have. I, I. It's hard well, to divine what's going to happen here. Make- but the Rams need this one too because they can win their division, which obviously you rather have a game there than uh, in SoFi than having to go out on the road for three rounds. Not, uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. The, uh, the, I think it matters. I don't, um, well, make here you go. Here you go. Make make three different picks. <laughs> I, okay. I am so, saying no, no, my no, point no, no, is no, I think no, you're crazy to, to wager on this game. That's no, my bottom okay. line. All right. So, so until we know away, what's going to be. Stay away for the minus three. But uh, this is what I'll say. Huntley, bet on the Ravens. Hmm. Josh okay. Johnson, bet oh, on the okay. Rams. Bet on the Rams. Lamar Jackson, also bet on the Rams. I am with you. Yes, I think that's right. Aaron Donald chasing around a less than 100% Lamar Jackson who's going to try to make plays running even though it's Aaron Donald chasing him around and starting to float some balls up there against that. Uh, against. I know the Rams secondary ain't great overall, but you know they have one of the great playmakers back there. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you. I think Ty, yeah, Ty Huntley is their best chance at winning this game because they need to hey, throw this them is a good, you know, I was thinking though, in the new year, we're going to, we're going to actually like, I think we're, we should, uh, we should really try next year on this okay. podcast instead of this year, like we did last year. But I think one of the segments that I'd like to do, <laughs> I like to do viewer mail. I love, I love the okay. email, the texts, the, the tweets we get from our faithful listeners. I'd like to respond to those guys. A lot of, a lot of mean, a lot of mean people out there. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know me, I'm nice. I'm nice. Yes. I, I say occasionally I say something mild about Dan Snyder, but um, I also want to do an educating Eddie spaghetti uh, branded segment, educating Eddie, um, because the courtship of Eddie Spaghetti, because, um, you know, we do it with the graduate and, and stuff like that, but, but it's not branded. We don't announce, you know, we should have like a, you know, we should have like a structure for 2022, but I want Eddie Spaghetti to look up. You can't hang that on me, on me alone. You don't follow oh structure god. either. Oh my god, you're you're the worst. I can't. What you you're so unorganized. I don't even. Know. I don't mind because I I'm happy to talk about anything. But there's never any flow or structure, mm-hmm. which maybe our listeners like. But like you know, let's say they love educating Eddie as a segment. Okay, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a way to test this. Maybe but, okay. maybe they'd love Eddie Spaghetti. All right, all right, the, all right, all right. The, listen, the, listen, the, listen. the subject would would watch the movie The Graduate. By the way, Check my five year old daughter opened a present and she screamed exactly like the mother did when Ben Braddock says he's getting married to to Elaine Robinson. She, I mean, that prolo- like that sudden and loud scream because she was so happy about a present. It really was hysterical. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> In the gra- it's the funniest thing in the graduate to me, and she repeated it exactly. Uh, You'll see spaghetti. You'll okay. like that moment. Um, so you want structure? Look up, look up, look up a corner, a corner back, corner back uh, for the Broncos named Lewis Wright. Wow. Lewis Wright. You remember, sure. obviously, Sheck. I mean, there's no way Spaghetti would know this guy. But I used to get Lewis Wright's football card, and it would say All Pro. So you get his football, you know, you open your pack, you go, oh, Lewis Wright, all pro. Um, I wonder if this guy had, uh, what do you have, 11 picks? And then you turn his card over and you'd be like, zero. And I was, I was always confused. I'm like, how is this guy uh, all pro with no picks or two picks? And then as I learned the game, it was like, nobody will throw the ball in his direction. His guy is always covered. 
he was Revis Island before Revis, and 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 Lewis Wright uh, was was an All Pro every every year in, in the football cards. When I watch the Rams, and you know Jalen Ramsey is a playmaker and he does make plays, but I'm like, why is the ball ever being thrown into his hemisphere? The guy on the other side of the field all year, whoever they've sent out there, that that guy's guy has been wide open. That guy, like there is, there is no uh, a counterpart to Jalen Ramsey. So I, I don't know that that the Ravens have the quarterback to figure that out necessarily. But it's like Jalen Ramsey should have the Lewis Wright football card. Zero picks, all pro. Touche. I like that. Lewis Wright, and you said Broncos, right? Yeah. The other guy, Otis Armstrong, would always show up in there. You forget spaghetti, or maybe you aren't aware. We didn't get very many games outside of our region. You, you you heard Howard Cosell describe them, and maybe you saw one play on Monday Night Football. That was about the exposure you got week after week to a lot of these uh, these all pro players. You said you want to be nice. I want to. I have to say something to uh, as we get into this uh, this Brown Steelers game here. A lot of people very upset about the about the play of the Steelers. And, you know, my wise, my ever wise Uncle Mike, I learned at his knee and my old man's. I, I learned about uh, why sports are great. It's why I'm a sports obsessive. I was talking to Uncle Mike a couple weeks ago and he said, you know what Steelers fans need? They deserve a two and 15 season to see what actual garbage bottom falling out. This is a, an embarrassment looks like the Steelers are seven, seven and one. And I don't direct this to crazy fans online and I don't uh, to national voices and local media. Specifically, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor are my two favorite Pittsburgh Steelers of all time. Now, I love Jack Lambert and Lynn Swan when I was growing up, but getting to know these guys, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor, they're delightful people. And they love, they, they unironically love and loved when they were playing for and since retirement, the Steeler way. And now they're both getting into big time this is how it was when we were there, and this current group doesn't get it. It's me, not we. And first of all, I think it's disrespectful to guys like Cam Hayward. Is he not representative of that ethos that is described by the Steeler way and playing for each other and selflessness and winning games? And how about T.J. Watt? Is he not uh, a we guy over a me guy playing with broken ribs? And does it seem Najee Harris has done anything other than embrace being Franco Jr. while also taking a pounding all season long behind a garbage offensive line. The problem is more practical. They have no ability to stop anybody at the defensive line of scrimmage, and they have no ability to block anybody on the offensive line. This is the issue. It's not some lack of appreciation for the Steeler way. I don't love the sophomore receiver doing his first down gesture as the seconds ran off the clock in one of the Twin Cities, and I don't love Ray Ray McLeod getting taunting penalties while down five scores. That's not that that's not ideal, but you can't have it both ways, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor. The Steeler way is about having an unironic, legitimate appreciation for the past, living up to that uh, that that uh, great past, towing that line. Part of that requires you embracing the 18-year quarterback here. He is in the twilight of his career, a lion in winter, and now he has one more game left against the bum Cleveland Browns. You need to get behind him here. He's gone in 120 minutes of football action, and then, guess what? The Steelers are in better position than 
the Browns, who are saddled with Baker Mayfield, and the Ravens, who, as much as you can praise Lamar Jackson's greatness, are saddled with him. They have to give him $40 million. I'd rather be the Pittsburgh Steelers in practical terms. All that cap room, the Hall of Famer going out the door, the chance to bring in a new one in the first round, and everything will be right as rain once they fill in some offensive line positions there in a few. They're far away from the Chiefs, as we saw on Sunday. But this pap is getting a little out of hand about what an embarrassment this 2020. What did anybody expect them to be? They're 500. They're 7-7-1. Seven, seven That's what the roster dictated they would be. That's right where I saw them. And this rewriting of what the expectations were in this embarrassment, not living up to the Steeler way. This is the Steeler way. Ben Roethlisberger has earned it after 18 years. And uh, I look forward to this. Now, my concern is going out, like the ringing out uh, 2021, the way it came in here. The Browns are minus three, and believe it or not, with a real shot at the division, Steelers have a shot too. If the Bengals can just lose to the Chiefs, and then the Browns can take no, 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 check, Bengals. check, check, check. Don't, don't talk they about do the, Steelers, the Steelers shot. Don't talk about they have a no. shot, but uh, I know. Yeah, Bump. you get get Matt Damon's uh, chalkboard from Goodwill Hunting out. Okay, um, and they have a shot. But Not that crazy, but I, I saw that I saw the terrible. Result. Except that they're terrible. Um, now. That your one chance is that between now and game time, nobody tells Stefanski who his best player is. That's your only chance. I agree. If, anybody, if, if he reads the paper, you're doomed. You're doomed. But uh, I, it is funny how it's not interesting enough to say, hey, you know, there are, there are a lot of not very good players that have to play every week for our team, and that's how – that's how games are won and lost in the National Football League. Their players are better than us. The Chiefs are better than our players. You have to say like, hey, man, we've lost sight of the Steeler way. And it, it reminds me of being completely physically overmatched when I was playing soccer. with. The, I played soccer with these British lunatics who all grew up playing soccer. They were, you know, they played at various levels. And then occasionally actual soccer legends from England would come play with us and people would be like, that's Barry Venison. Like who's Barry Venison? He captained the England national team. Like, and so I got to know Barry Venison and he was incredible, a great guy, incredible player, of course. Great name. And he, and he appreciated Venison. my effort. He appreciated my effort, but like occasionally he'd start yelling at me like, why are you letting him go right? Wait, do you think I have some choice over which direction this guy goes? Who's a fucking million times fat? You think I'm making a bad mental decision here? He can go whatever direction he wants. He's much faster. By the way, I'm also at the time in my 40s on two soon to be surgically repaired knees. Like, what do you, you think I'm making a mental? Like, do you think this is really attitudinal for the Steelers? Or they're just getting whipped by guys who are better than they are. You know, it is funny, though, when the old guard uh, goes in my day. Well, yeah, in your day, you were a better player. Like, what? <laughs> of course, of course, they, they that, attribute Right, that it's some attitude. spiritual, that, that the reason that the 2021 Steelers, who, you know, expert voices, had winning six games, maybe struggling to get 500. We knew in March, Roethlisberger was coming back. People threw dirt on them. They're 7-7-1. Seven, seven this is exactly where you would expect them to be. I went optimistic. I said 10-7. and seven. No. That didn't make I them a world no, beater. I said no playoffs for you. You did say that. Yeah. You may um, still be wrong about that, but, I mean, no the, the rewriting and the, 
they should have taken a court. There just was no one. There was there. This was it. This was where the season was going all along. I admit some truly embarrassing performances. I mean, going into the locker room over and over again, down four touchdowns. I mean, that's happened four times now this season. The Bengals whipping you, the Chargers whipping you, the Vikes, and now the Chiefs at the half. I think, like I say about Army, Navy, and you know, lowering expectation and everything else. If you beat the Browns and you beat the Ravens and that's how Roethlisberger goes off into the sunset, things will be just fine in Steeler Nation and then they have a lot of cap room and they can get a quarterback in the draft or maybe go after somebody else in free agency and they'll be just fine. This doom and gloom is just bizarre. It's as though it's nine. Back in my day, back in your day, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor, it was the age of free agency. It's not 1983. You can make quick fixes. Do you see the Chiefs? They didn't have a, they, you see them in the Super Bowl against Brady and company. They had no offensive line. Now they have one of the best. Quick fixes can happen in pro football as it happens in the 21st right, well, century. Make like your pick. You're set up for disappointment here. I, I hear you. I'm I'm no, I see that the they should get gashed. They should I'm get gashed. Pick, pick the Browns. I can't imagine Stefanski uh, repeating that that horrendous performance. Um, I would also say this. I mean, this is the part we don't really know. But do we think that Baker occasionally, a handful of times, checked to a pass? Like, do we think that, you know, right? I mean, ultimately, the QB decides what play actually gets executed. And this is another reason why I feel like Case Keenum gives them a better chance to win. You can see Case Keenum having a pass sent into the huddle, getting to the line of scrimmage and checking to a run. You know, Baker's like, woo, I can't wait to sling it. I can't wait to sling it. I just think, I just think this sets up to be, again, I I know I'm a broken record. Tom Brady or maybe Mahomes, one way or the other, maybe they'll play in the Super Bowl against each other to settle the hash of who gets the Lombardi. But some season, some eras, you have to adjust your eyes and and, and shoot for a little bit less. And this really is a, a, a juicy one from both sides. It's Roethlisberger's last game against at home against the team from his home state that should have drafted him. Instead, they took Kellen Winslow Jr. instead of Big Ben Roethlisberger because they had just resigned. I don't even remember who they were like. Ah, we got we 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 have our quarterback. Who was it? Jeff Garcia? I think that's who it was. They're like, yeah, we, but we signed Jeff Garcia, so we're not going to take the kid from our home state who looks like he's going to be. Uh, a great well instead we'll get him a tight end and kellen winslow jr and they can salvage that things will feel fine in cleveland if they win this game if they go into pittsburgh the the, the 2021 season will feel good and that rust belt war is uh, is everything for these 60 minutes neither team's winning the super bowl this year but it uh it's going to be a fun watch and well, i fear the way it's going to go because i absolutely see which i mean pr- I, again back to my point Practically speaking, there's no reason other than Stefanski choosing not to that they wouldn't just run Chubb endlessly at the Steelers. They didn't do it in Cleveland the first time around when that was available to him. They should just pound him 30 times right at that Steelers defense. Well, it hasn't stopped anybody. When uh, when Beckham was being released, um, you know, and it was like, you know, the dad and the con and everyone you know, and I think most people were just like, who cares? This guy's not good. And then you said that you had spoken to people who really understand the game who are like, uh, Beckham's the problem is not Odell Beckham. The problem is under center. And since that release, Beckham 
looks like a productive NFL player and the problem definitely looks like it's a quarterback, right? I mean, that that's vindication for, for Odell Beckham, the, the, the way Baker's played since, since the departure. Um, and I mean, I, I've said it all year. If Case Keenum's the quarterback, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, I know people want to argue that point with us. Smart people argue with both of us about that, but I stand and by. Nick Mullins almost pulled it off. Almost pulled it off against the Raiders just by not turning the ball over. Yeah, it's That's not a model. Point. It's not a model for long-term success. It's not durable for five years for Case Keenum to be your quarterback. But in 2021, in what's panned out to be a, a, a you know. You know, the Chiefs have now emerged, but outside of them, like, yeah, Bills look scary on Sunday. But, you know, if if they just had a guy, a classic game manager who doesn't turn the ball over, the Browns would have won two more games somewhere along the way here. It would be clear that they're heading to the playoffs now and they'd be a scary out with Miles Garrett and that uh, playmaking defense back there. But anyway. All right, Hench, go about your business. Go uh, go enjoy British Columbia. We appreciate the time. And thus ends Kevin Hench's run in 2021 here on minus three the good news is he'll be back on the other side of the new year to break it down for you in the meantime have a good time up there hench is he gone already spaghetti let's let's dig in a little bit more he, he couldn't wait to hit the, the slopes and do a little uh a little snow do you agree with his assessment that we're disorganized here on the show it's a little disorganized, and I would also agree, uh, think that we should not dig in on anything else more, considering we're close to an hour fifteen. So we could uh, we could wrap this bad boy up. Hour fifteen. All right, I just yeah. wanted to make a pick with you here, real quick. Let's uh, let's just finish off next Monday night with the NFL playoffs fast approaching. I don't know if either one of these teams, probably neither of them, is going to be in there. But I've laid out the stakes for you in terms of the border war: Ohio and Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It goes on, and uh, FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered with the fast payouts and so easy to use and safe and secure. And my favorite thing of all: same game parlays. Let's put one together here, shall we, Spaghetti? I'm not going to wager on the Browns to win, but I think them giving three in Pittsburgh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Roethlisberger there. So I kind of like the Browns there, but not with my money, with your money. And I like Nick Chubb to get into the end zone. And Deontay Johnson's pretty consistent um, in getting into the end zone as well. I think he's a, a good play to get one more touchdown off the right arm of Ben Roethlisberger. How say you? I like your player prop picks. I think I'm going to go with the home dog Steelers, oh, yeah. though. I, like uh, it. I think they're going to have a little juice under them to want to, you know, obviously getting blown up by the Chiefs is not fun. But I think it's one of those things like, well, the Chiefs are good and whatever. I think the Browns locker room probably a little bit more frustrated because the, the, the poor play of Baker. And obviously the Steelers defense knows that they have to stop one guy, Nick Chubb, uh, and uh, like let the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is for the Browns beat you. And I think the Steelers are capable of stopping the QB play. And uh, and I I think yeah between whether it's it's Ben throwing at guys like Claypool, Deontay Johnson, or maybe Najee Harris getting going on the ground, I think the plus three at home uh, is the winner there. All right, Spaghetti, you have any? Uh, I didn't get to him because I was trying to pace it up, and still we blew past an hour. Do you have uh, uh, one, two, three best bets you want to throw out there, and then we'll get ready for the Shecky Awards? Uh, the, the picks that you guys made, I actually, I agree with, I want to throw another easy one out there. I mean, just go against the giants. I mean, literally 
PFF ranked the, the 32 quarterbacks. Uh, and I believe that Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm were the last two ranked quarterbacks. Uh, so that's an easy one to go against. They have not scored. Uh, teams have been like single players have been outgaining them and, and teams have scored more po- uh, points in one week than they have in the entire month. So it's, it's as bad as it can get. So just bet against the Giants. That's the, that's my best advice for you. Well, assuming Gettleman's out or whatever, he did leave you with one actual gem, I think. If Kadarius Tony would have gotten a break health-wise, that's a nice building block for 2022. I know you've already declared yeah. you're out on it with uh, Judge and Dimes yes. back, but I think uh, that's that's a nice piece to to go off of. Uh, there's there's three pieces. I mean, Andrew Thomas, Tony, and I think Aziz Ojolari, who, who now hold the Giants rookie uh, single season sack record. I think there's three uh, above average pieces you have on the team there. But yeah, it's not going to be good next year. Probably not the year after either. All right. You had a good Christmas uh, spaghetti. You got some good gifts. Christmas is good. Luckily, I've been staying safe in uh, New York City, which is a, a tough thing to do, but it was good to see uh, my immediate family. I am excited to get back to L.A. in slightly warmer weather, and uh, I do hope you enjoy seeing Spider-Man later. It is my third favorite Marvel movie, and I think it's the best non-Avengers movie they've created, so it should be exciting Ooh, for you. High praise from Eddie Spaghetti. Like he says, he sees them all. All right, maybe we'll dig in on that a little bit in the Shecky Awards. They're upcoming on Thursday, as close as we can get you to New Year's. That's our promise every year with the Shecky Awards. The Academy Awards do the movies, Grammys do music, and we settle all other hash for you. Um, looking forward to doing those with you, Eddie Spaghetti, later in the week. We appreciate Hench jumping in with us while he's on vacation, and we appreciate you betting along with us and listening to us. Bet with us, fanduel.com slash minus three. Download, subscribe, all that stuff to the podcast. Listen to everything on the Extra Points Network. Play in the NFL Pick'em and uh, all the rest of it at uh, extrapoints.com. And until the Shecky Award for Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench, thanks so much, sports fans, and continued happy holidays. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>